0: Good morning, and thank you for starting your day with a six-pack, the Scani Six-Pack, the only podcast that's bringing you the top stories in Wisconsin sports every single day, plus we do it in less time than it takes to complete your morning commute. I'm your host, Kedrick Stumbrist, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Kedrick Stumbrist, and follow the podcast, at Scani Six-Pack, to get the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. Yesterday was a fun day in Wisconsin sports, despite that fact. We have to talk about Aaron Rodgers first to start this because that actually was the biggest news of the day yesterday. And not because a trade has actually happened, but because the Jets may actually be in competition with some other teams on the market for Aaron Rodgers services. Whether Aaron Rodgers likes that or not, whether the Jets like that or not, the day started relatively quickly um, on New York Radio on WFAN where Craig Carton of FS1 reported that the 49ers are preparing to swoop in to the Packers and make a strong offer for Aaron Rodgers if the trade with the New York Jets falls through. Other reporting has confirmed this to the point where we now know that the Packers in San Francisco have had conversations about a deal for Aaron Rodgers, conversations that, according to Carton, the Jets were previously unaware of which is curious, and we'll get to that near the end of this first segment. The 49ers trade package reportedly involves multiple third-round picks in the upcoming draft and a 2024 first-round pick. Why this is curious, why it's 2023 third-rounders as opposed to second-first-rounders that the conversation is centered around with the trade compensation from New York Jets is that San Francisco has no picks in the first two rounds this year because they sent those picks away for their deals for uh, Trey Lance and for Christian McCaffrey this last season. So I think the question is, who leaked this and why? Sanford, my gut says, sorry, my gut says that it would be the Packers because they want to get some leverage from the Jets, generate competition in the trade package, But Craig Curtin doesn't really have a history of reporting on the Rodgers-Packers situation, reporting on Rodgers and the Packers generally, so I think it's a little bit curious. Uh, I think notably also for the Rodgers-to-San Francisco situation is that Rodgers said he's not playing for San Francisco when he was asked to share some details about his future plans when he was egged on by reporters during the Pebble Beach uh, Pro-Am golf tournament earlier this offseason got more interesting later in the day though beyond just Packers 49ers chatter because Mike Florio reported that the New England Patriots have been shopping Mac Jones their starting quarterback for a trade this offseason the only other quarterback they have on the roster who could perform you know, manageable services is Bailey Zappi the quarterback out of Western Kentucky that the Packers uh, took to overtime during this past season and you know Despite that fact, he's probably not a starting Keller quarterback in the National Football League. Following this uh, report that Mac Jones is on a trade block with the New England Patriots, Lamar Jackson rumors started swirling yesterday, even though, you know, there was some previous reporting that said New England wasn't targeting him. Uh, Robert Kraft didn't say uh, that, you know, Lamar would like to be a. Uh, New England Patriot, a while back. Lamar kind of sent that rumor out there before. Um, you know, that was out there. Lamar the to the Patriots. The Patriots shopping Mac Jones. But then eventually we get the reporting that the Patriots and Packers talked about an Roger Rodgers deal. I don't feel as confident in this reporting as I do the reporting with the Packers and San Francisco. But it's important to note that this is going on. And this reporting is going on. And the Jets made it clear before that they are not going after Lamar Jackson. They did not try to get Derek Carr. The New York Jets are all in on Aaron Rodgers. And now we get reporting that the San Francisco 49ers and the New England Patriots are potentially in competition for generating a valuable trade package that will land Aaron Rodgers in their franchise away from Green Bay. And so I think this tells us a lot about where we are in the who has leverage in the Aaron Rodgers New York Jets trade saga right now. Because the ongoing debate is who has the leverage in here? You know, is it Jets because the Packers need to offload the contract? Is it the Packers because they currently have Aaron Rodgers? And I think it's that the Packers are trying to flip the leverage that the Jets have right now, which is that the Packers want assets in this draft class. They want either players now or they want picks now. So the Jets know that. The Jets know that the Packers want assets immediately. So they think maybe they can get away with discounted value because of the immediacy of the assets since the packers want something now the jets think that they can give up less just to give it to the packers now the packers are trying to create more leverage before the upcoming nfl draft for this deal to get done quickly by saying that there are other teams around the league that are willing to give up high valued assets for the 2023 nfl draft So New York Jets, you need to give up high-valued assets. We are going to look elsewhere. And I think that is notable because the draft starts in three weeks. On the 27th, we will have the first round of the NFL draft. And while I expect this trade to be done by then, I would think that it would not be out of the question for us to get a surprise Aaron Rodgers trade on night one or day two of the NFL's draft, if the Jets have not ponied up the premium assets that the Green Bay Packers seem to so highly be sought after. Um, so moving away from, of course, the ongoing Air Rodgers saga, let's go down further south in Wisconsin to Milwaukee, where the Milwaukee Bucks pulled away in the second quarter, slowly but surely, scoring 75 first half points leading by 15 at the half and then leading by 19 at the end of the third quarter to get the win over the Washington Wizards 140 to 128 um, the bucks of course dueling Johnny Davis who in the first quarter had an incredible dunk and one getting the foul over Drew Holiday Johnny Davis had a ranking had a really solid game uh he had 20 points five rebounds four assists at a a pair of steals and a pair of blocks on the defensive end, and quite frankly, had the best game of his NBA career so far. Uh, but, wasn't enough to get the win. The Wizards are in full tank mode anyway, uh, so the Wizards just have a much depleted roster right now compared to uh, the Bucks, with who the Wizards have overall shut down for the year. Uh, but, that being said, the Bucks on night one of a back-to-back, what do they get from their stars? They got a Giannis triple-double. Giannis, 28 point, 11 rebound, 10 assists, triple-double, and two steals and a block on top of it, and we had Drew Holiday, just one rebound shy of a triple-double, along with Giannis. His 26 points, 10 assists, and just 9 rebounds uh, powered the Bucks as Drew Holiday continues, you know, his excellent season, in which he was selected as an All-Star. Uh, Jay Crowder also had a fantastic game, probably his best game as a member of the Milwaukee Bucks so far. Uh, You know, we've probably talked quite a bit as Bucks fans about Jay Crowder before he got to Milwaukee, and that talk quieted a little bit once he finally got to Milwaukee, but he's had his best two games in a Bucks jersey in the Bucks' last two games, so that's been really nice to see. He recorded 19 points last night, uh, as well as nine rebounds. He was plus 16, and he was four of five from the three-point line. Four or five, shooting 80% from three uh, in in yesterday's game. Really great performance from Jake Crowder, Bobby Portis, the double-double machine, added 19 points, including shooting five of nine from the three himself. Just phenomenal three-point shooting. Last night, he added 20 rebounds, 19 points and 20 rebounds, as well as four assists. Bobby, double-double machine. I mean, almost going for 20 and 20, which is like... For college basketball fans, that's Oscar, Oscar Shibway stuff and Kentucky. That's just incredible. Uh, and then Brooke Lopez, he had 20 points of his own. He was four of seven from three. He had just one assist, but he had one steal and five blocks on the defensive end. Really, really impressive stuff. Uh, frankly, the Bucks should be sweeping the Player of the Year awards. You know, Giannis should be the MVP. Uh, Brooke Lopez should absolutely be the Defensive Player of the Year. Bobby Portis, barring the injury he had it around the midpoint of the season, should probably be the sixth man of the year, but I think maybe the Bucs will get one of those awards, sadly, uh, and I think part of that is because of the performance we saw last night out of Joel Embiid uh, and the Philadelphia 76ers, although it happened to help the Bucs a little bit, because to clinch the number one seed in the East, the Bucks' magic number is down to one, with a win by the Bucks and a Boston Celtics loss to the 76ers. Philadelphia beats Boston 103 to 101 with Joel Embiid scoring 52 points. A lot of chatter last night. That that 52-point performance locks up the MVP award for Joel Embiid. To which I say, if only, if only somebody else in the MVP race had just beaten Joel Embiid, outperformed Joel Embiid, I don't know, maybe three days ago. You know, maybe that would be really impressive if somebody like, I don't know, Giannis Antetokounmpo on the Milwaukee Bucks just beat Joel Embiid three days ago, which, as I remind you, yeah, that actually happened. Uh, outperformed him. The, the Embiid MVP story, and listen, I my, my dad went to the University of Kansas. I am a University of Kansas Guy to an extent, and of course Joel Embiid being a Jayhawk, I have a little bit of a soft spot for him. But he's not even the best in his league at his own position. It's Jokic and and (laughs) Jokic and Giannis outperform Joel Embiid night in night out in the NBA, and it stinks in a different era that Joel Embiid is in. He probably wins some MVP awards that are well-deserved. He is, to me, the Drew Brees of the NBA right now, where if Drew Brees was playing maybe in a little bit of a different era, he probably would have won an MVP award. But Joel Embiid is going to get an MVP award because of NBA voter fatigue, and it's a little bit absurd. I went on this tirade a few days ago, so I'll stop there. But I think the other important thing to notice coming out of the Bucks game and our third story for the day is some Bucks injury news, which we had Pat Connaughton, who, according to Coach Mike Budenholzer in pregame, was going to get significant minutes due to Grayson Allen's injury. Uh, but Pat Connaughton left in the first quarter of the game and did not return due to his own right ankle sprain, the same injury that Grayson Allen suffered that, as him out for the time being. That's not a fun addition to the injury report for the Milwaukee Bucks because now you have one of the guys who you'd want to take a good chunk of minutes in Grayson Allen's absence out of the lineup, out of the rotation, and that really stinks. Uh, Eric Name of The Athletic asked Coach Mike Moonholzer about Grayson Allen's injury before the game against the Wizards last night, and Bud's response said that. They did an MRI. They were hopeful about the results of that, looking at those results. And largely due to the fact that there are roughly two weeks between now and the Bucks round one playoff matchup, because you have the play in tournament right after the regular season ends. Coach Bud says that the best case scenario, the best case scenario, is Grayson Allen being available for game one of the playoffs for the Milwaukee Bucks. In my experience listening to these comments by Coach Mike Boonholzer, he tends to give the most optimistic scenario, and it doesn't usually end up happening. I remember this a lot this season with Chris Middleton's injuries, and I think, personally, we should be gearing up to see Chris Middleton—sorry, Grayson Allen, rather—missing the entire first round of the NBA playoffs. And I think that makes getting the number one seed all that more important for the Milwaukee Bucks, which fortunately, one win or loss by the Milwaukee Bucks or Boston Celtics, respectively, over their last three games each, will clinch it now. Uh, I think it makes it all that much more important because you don't want Grayson Allen to have to come in at full speed, full game speed, in a series against... The Celtics or against the 76ers coming off of an injury. And while the Cleveland Cavaliers will be no walk in the park to do that, clearly the Celtics and 76ers are a different animal. We, we saw this last season where Grayson Allen was outmatched in a seven-game series against the Boston Celtics. So I, I think this is tough news for Milwaukee, hope that both of these guys can get healthy as soon as possible and get themselves back into the rotation for the Milwaukee Bucks, because the Bucks are going to need help. And even though Grayson Allen certainly isn't the answer for the series most likely upcoming against the Boston Celtics sometime in the NBA playoffs, there is a need to have those bodies and keep guys rested and E, it's it's just not good when you have to go down two guys at that position on the wing going forward in the NBA playoffs. Those wing scorers are really important. Those three-point shooters are going to be really important to decide how long we can keep teams from uh, just not burying in Anyas in the paint and having to respect three-point shooting of the Bucks guards and that's going to make a big difference in the playoffs for Milwaukee. Uh, tonight, the Bucks are back. As I mentioned, last night was the first half of a back to back. Bucks play against the Bulls tonight in Milwaukee, that game at 6.30 p.m. Central, and it will be televised on Valley Sports Wisconsin and nationally televised on ESPN. Uh, the Bulls clinched the last play in tournament spot and potentially could catch up to the nine seed, even the eight seed. Chicago is two games back of the Hawks and the Raptors. It makes it seem like that's unlikely, although the Raptors have uh, <laughs> games against three games remaining against the Celtics, Celtics and Bucks remaining. So it's not inconceivable that the uh, Raptors could lose out. So it would give the Bulls a little bit of a chance here uh, to to push themselves up a little bit further and maybe at least get into that ninth spot uh, with a win and some help along the way. So that's all for Milwaukee Bucks news. Moving over a little bit west in the Milwaukee area to the American Family Field is the Brewers with a series-clinching win over the Mets and 9-0 victory over the (laughs) the Mets. Uh, Brewers have... Outscored the Mets nineteen to nothing in this series so far. As Wade Miley starts on the mound for the Crew and gets his one hundredth career win with six innings of work, allowing just five hits and zero walks, getting five strikeouts. And the Brewers send the Mets a snack. Scherzer out with a loss, and it started with the Brewers getting a two-run first inning thanks to a two-RBI double by Brian Anderson, but. The fun really happened in the sixth and seventh innings, particularly the sixth inning, where the Brewers had back, two back, two back homers by Rowdy Telez, Brian Anderson again scoring on the seventh pitch of his at bat against Max Scherzer, and then Garrett Mitchell also firing off his own solo shot home run. And none of these home runs were on fastballs, they were all on different breaking balls by Max Scherzer. And it looks like the Brewers have their new home run tradition now to throw on uh, a foam cheese head, which is nice to see as, you know, Wisconsin sports fans through and through. The Brewers uh, embracing some of these other Wisconsin traditions because Roddy Telez tossed on a cheese head in the dugout after he hit the home run. Then it went on to Brian Anderson's head, and then it went on to Garrett Mitchell's head. Just really great to see. Uh, so with those back-to-back-to-back home runs off of Max Scherzer, Brewers took him out of the game, uh, but then ultimately added another four runs in the seventh inning where Brian Anderson had another home run, a three-run shot uh, to tally himself up to six RBIs on the day. Just in- incredibly impressive. And as we have mentioned, the kids, the kids are doing well because Garrett Mitchell followed up that Brian Anderson home run with another Garrett Mitchell solo shot home run of his own. Just incredibly great to see. And that means that in the NL Central, with the Cardinals losing to the Atlanta Braves for the second day in a row, they are now two games back of the Brewers. And a Cincinnati Reds lost to the Chicago Cubs means the Brewers are alone in first place. First time this season, the Brewers have sole possession, first place in the NL Central. Great day to be a Brewers fan, April 4th, working on your calendars. And, rant. It was a tough go for the Brewers, not scoring for the first 16 innings of the season. But, like, dare I say it, but now the Brewers are fun. This is a fun team to watch. You have some really great personalities on this team. Rowdy Telez is great. Uh, like, it's great having Wade Miley back on this team. Willie Adamas is always fun to watch. But it's just these young guys, the new additions to the roster, that are just so much fun to see. Ryan Anderson, Garrett Mitchell, Joe Weimer, Bryce Terang, we're going to see even more of these young guys come up, and it's hopefully going to make for a fun season. I think it's nice to see an injection of youth onto this Milwaukee Brewers roster, if only to make it a little bit more entertaining. So, get out to game. Get out soon, and maybe get her to today's game in the series finale against the New York Mets, which is going to be at 12.40 p.m. against Valley Sports Wisconsin. And when you go, Buyer your tickets on TickPick. It's where I get all my tickets. This isn't an ad. It's just a service I love. And I want you to save money on your next ticket purchase. Uh, when you use TickPick, you will never pay service or delivery fees like you will on other ticket selling apps. And TickPick comes with its best price guarantee. If you find a better price somewhere else for the same ticket, TickPick will refund you twice the difference in credit toward your next purchase. Plus, if you use my link in the podcast description, you will save $10 on your first order. Like I mentioned, Brewers-Mets series finale today at 1240, and Corbin Burns will take the mound for the Brewers in his second start of the season, his first, of course, being you know that disastrous opening day where the Brewers couldn't get the bats going, and the Mets uh, will trot out left-hander David Peters. Moving further west again, we have Tyler Wall news. Tyler Wall is coming back for a fifth season with the Wisconsin Badgers. He announced this today. We had some remarks from Ray Guard, who said that uh, Tyler Wall is an important piece of the team and represents everything the program stands for, on and off the court. Tyler has been part of a lot of success, but he knows there is more out there for this team. Uh, Tyler Wall commented a little bit, saying, "After the NIT run, that those games kind of made him believe that he really should come back, and that's why I think the NIT was an important run. Although it ended in disastrous fashion, of course, for the Brewers, it was good or for the Brewers for the uh, Badgers rather, it was good to see uh, UW get out and win some games and be reminded that they can go out and win those games." when they stick together and uh, maybe when they get a little more talent on this roster next season with, fingers crossed, Noah Reynolds coming into the program, then you have, you know, the Gus Bus coming in uh, with uh, on, on the freshman side of it, the high school recruitment side of it. So it, it should be good to see all that. But Tyler Wall coming back is great to see. Uh, I know some fans are a little bit jaded with his performance last season, but he did average 11.3 points. rebounds, and 2.5 assists per game. He had his best statistical year yet by volume, certainly not by efficiency standards, but he did have to take a bigger role with Wisconsin, with Johnny Davis gone. And he regressed, missing more shots in the paint. So it it was tough, but I think one of the most interesting pieces about Tyler Wall coming back now is that, according to uh, Bart Torbic, who of course runs uh, T-Rank, one of the college basketball statistical predictive metric ranking sites, uh, but Mark Torvik, is also you know, from Wisconsin, he's a Wisconsin fan. Uh, Wisconsin has the second highest returning production in the country, second only to Marquette, who's also returning basically everybody to that roster. Wisconsin, of course, seems to be returning everybody except for Jordan Davis, and that's an interesting standpoint. And it should be... Good season for Wisconsin going forward. You get this roster, which looks like it has a lot of promise. Max Klesmet really came into form uh around, you know, the midway point of the season. Kamari McGee really excelled into uh g- taking the jump a little bit more from the horizon league to Big Ten play as the season went on. I think you'd like to see a little bit more from him in that backup guard spot and getting a little bit better uh in minutes and a little bit of injection with some solid bench minutes from the freshman recruiting class coming in. Of course, like I mentioned, uh, highlighted by Gus Yaldin. I think this should be a good team next year, and having Tyler Wall come back to make sure that there is some of that front court depth, not just Stephen Crowell and uh, Gus Yaldin, but having Tyler Wall in that position too is going to be really great for Wisconsin. So now, much like we did yesterday, we're going to continue moving west, To end the game and top off the six-pack. Talking a little bit about my my trip to Footprint Center, where the Phoenix Suns played the San Antonio Spurs last night, a game I was very privileged to attend. And it was a fun time, despite the fact that uh, the Suns kicked the Spurs' butt. (laughs) It was not a particularly close game. Uh, But man, that Suns team looks good. They look dangerous. Kevin Durant looks like he's 100%. I think the Suns did the right thing by, you know, not rushing him onto the court when he first arrived. And then when he tweaked himself, got a little bit of an injury shortly after he came, you know, shut him down for a few weeks and said, just wait till you're fully healthy and come back. Now the Suns are undefeated with Kevin Durant in the lineup. The Suns have won six games in a row. It's just really impressive what that roster is able to do. Uh Chris Paul can score when he's going. He had a ton of threes last uh last night, including I believe it was three in the first quarter, just really going off. DeAndre Ayton is a, a dominant center. He's he's nothing like, you know, the other guys we were talking about in the MVP conversation because uh Yanasanta Takimbo, Nikola Jogic. Joel Embiid can really do a lot more than DeAndre Ayton does, but he is really good at what he does. He he is, I, I think, something that breaks the mold of what we think of as the failure of traditional bigs to succeed in today's NBA. But I think DeAndre Ayton is one of the closest things there is to that in the league right now. And I, please, somebody... Correct me. Call me out if you think I'm wrong. Uh, because, truth be behold, I don't get to watch every NBA game because I'm too busy watching all these Wisconsin sports games but to give you as much detail about them as I can. But DeAndre Aiden reminds me the most of a center who is able to excel the most in the NBA right now, uh, despite being a little more limited than the uh, more outside-shooting capable beings that exist in today's uh nba so it's it was a solid game to see even though uh the spurs were you know down 30 they got it to within nine in the third quarter but then suns went on a run and it really wasn't any closer than 20 down down the stretch but footprint center is a super duper nice facility the, the suns uh pack that place uh, they they announced that it was their 65th sellout, the Suns clinched a playoff spot last night. 65th consecutive sellout, I should say, and the Suns clinched a playoff spot. So it was it was a good time to see all of that. Also, think of one of the nicest, most gorgeous concourses around the stadium that I've seen in uh, all of my trips to NBA, NFL, MLB, um, NHL stadiums. So it, that was really beautiful. Uh, really, really beautiful stuff. So I was very privileged to be able to go and got to go with some great people who uh, had a really, really fantastic time. So I would recommend getting out there if you are in the Phoenix area. Get out there. It's right across the street from uh, Chase Field as well. So make a trip out of it. See Diamondbacks game. See a Phoenix Suns game. Have a good time. It's always good to go. And you get to see the uh, 2021 Western Conference Champions Banner that the Phoenix Suns have owned, so, you know, uh, bucks and six, we'll leave it at that, so that's all I got for today's edition of the Skani Six Pack, a little note for tomorrow, I am on a flight from Arizona to Milwaukee late tomorrow night, so I might not get this podcast out at its regular morning time, I'm hoping to still But even if it's not out at that regular time, you will still get something tomorrow. I I will still publish this, even if it's a little bit later than usual. Uh, As a note, though, the Brewers and Bucks have off days tomorrow, so uh, I won't have to worry about getting this out in a super-duper timely fashion. So enjoy that Brewers game today at 12.40. Enjoy the Bucks game later today uh, at 6.30. And again... Thanks for listening to today's edition of the Scotty Six-Pack. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Start every day with everything you need to know in Wisconsin sports. While you're there, leave a nice review, five stars, write some kind comments, tell some folks about what you like about the show. It helps grow the show. It will allow me to produce even better content for all you Wisconsin sports fans. So, thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Kedrick Stumbrus on Wisconsin.